This episode of the PHFL NFL podcast is kindly brought to you by PC Pros Airshare. PC Pros Airshare are a small Airshare-based business focusing on fixing and servicing laptops and computers. They also do custom-built PCs, and that's exactly how they helped the PHFL NFL podcast. But the boys at PC Pros Airshare had helped custom-build a PC that was capable of recording, editing, and producing this podcast in a much more efficient way. And a big shout-out and a big thanks goes out to those boys there. Check out PC Pros Airshare on Facebook and we thank them for all their support for the PHFL NFL podcast. Hello and welcome on in to the PHFL NFL podcast. Here are kind of after hours uh dark edition we're recording in the evening today and uh and joined as always by kai and by mikey mikey who's just finishing scanning off his pasta how his pasta bowl looks like yeah there was a wee, wee tiny bit left in the bowl this obviously the late night podcast has thrown me for a loop yeah not used to doing it this time you're making this sound like a some sort of special what an after dark uh, aye, podcast. I, yeah, yeah late <laughs> yeah, night late you're night special this one kai yeah. <laughs> After the watershed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, we will still be released before the watershed, so you can't be too <laughs> naughty, but we'll see. Uh, depending uh, if you get to talk about your eagles later on, you might be uh, a bit excited about that. So that's maybe... Maybe fourth, after dark. Uh, yeah, exactly. Foreshadowing slightly. But, uh, but we the, did... sun will, the sun will come up by the time he's finished talking about the eagles. <laughs> we can go to bed soon, I'm sure, Mikey, and just leave it to Kai. Uh, if you see that this one's seven hours long, you know it's Kai's fault. <laughs> not uh, often this opportunity presents itself. What, an Eagles win? No, certainly not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on, though, to our first game, because we've still got 16 now. You know, we're back to 16 games a week, so a lot to talk about. And the first one was Thursday Night Football. We had the New England Patriots travelling to the Los Angeles Rams. They demolished the other Los Angeles team last week, and everyone thought, oh, they're going to do this. No, they didn't. 24 points to three, the Rams won. New England brought back down to earth, possibly. But Mikey, do you think your uh, outlandish claim that they might get to 8-8 eight and eight is still on? Is this one of the ones you were expecting them to lose? Yeah, I think when I made that that prediction, I looked at the schedule and said that this would probably be the one of the ones that they do drop. Um, I just... I, I'm, I'm just loving the Rams at the moment. Um, I'm really thinking that they are going to be in the Super Bowl come February time, but um, I'm not sure if the Patriots actually stayed in, in Los Angeles for over the last um, week. Obviously, had two games at SoFi Stadium, but yeah, the game was never really in doubt. Um, I, I just think the Rams are too strong in all areas of the of the field to for the New England Patriots to try and chalk up a win in this one. Yes, and uh, the, the main kind of act... In that show for the Rams was the emergence of Cam Akers, who appears to be becoming the, the workhorse back uh, in that backfield. Uh, Henderson had two carries uh, in the game. Uh, 29 for Cam Akers, turning into kind of Derek Henry's sort of workload. Uh, he didn't actually rush for a touchdown, but he did rush for 171 yards. Uh, do you expect that to be the same going forward, the both of you? Or do you think it might go to more of a split? Backfield, or maybe the hot hand, depending what one of them uh, is uh, is in form. I think. Um, I think at the start of the season, it was 
kind of presumed that that Cam Akers would be would be the lead the lead back. Um, I think he struggled. I think he was injured come at the start of the season, or he was working through some injuries and uh, some setbacks. So probably why it's taken a while for him to emerge. But I think this has kind of been what the Rams have been anticipating for a while. I think they've been using it as a, a committee, um, just to let him kind of get used to used to the NFL. But I think this week certainly shows he's capable of taking it himself um, against a, a pretty poor Jets team. Uh, and this week coming, I think you'll probably see much of the same in terms of numbers, uh, but you might see increased numbers from from the other two as well. Yes, uh, and a bit of a struggle uh, uh, on the other the other side of the ball for Cam Newton uh, again, just nine completions in the whole game with one interception. Uh, Stidham came in for five completions, twenty seven yards. It wasn't a a good performance from the Patriots after their fantastic performance last week when they really kind of blew out the the Chargers. Though was it slightly expected, perhaps, seeing as against the Chargers they didn't really have a huge amount of yardage and offense, really. It was mainly the kind of defense and special teams that did most of the work. Um, as Mikey said, I'm quite excited with this Rams team. I think they could go all the way. I think we were talking about this last week when we were looking at different Super Bowl predictions. I think they very easily could do it. I think Coop, uh, Coop that's a mix of, uh, of Cooper Cup, and, and 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 uh, and Robert Woods, the two of those as wide receivers. I think uh, I think even though they've lost Brandon Cooks, I think the two of them are doing a great job there. And uh, kind of they they they've moved from one tight end and two, uh, sorry, one tight end and three wide receivers to two tight ends and two wide receivers quite a lot. Uh, with with Higby and Everett in there, and I say I agree with you, Mike. It's not often that we agree in lots of different things, but in this one we uh, we agree. I think that the Rams could be an exciting team. Do you have anything else to mention about this game before we move on to Sunday's games? Yeah, I just think one other thing that I feel Jared Goff has added a new wrinkle to his game is the is the rushing touchdowns. Um, I know he only rushed for 11 yards, but that's I think that's back-to-back weeks he's had a rushing score on the goal line, um, possibly taking it away from the likes of Akers and Henderson. But uh, if Goff can keep doing that, especially making a deep playoff run, um, that will either keep happening or it will keep the, the defensive units guessing and will lead to more acres and Henderson touchdowns. So maybe something to keep an eye on, obviously, uh, as we go into the playoffs pretty shortly. Yeah, so a, a good running game there from Cam Akers. And another team who normally has quite a good running game, see, I get my links in nice and early, is, uh, is the, Minnesota, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings, who we are travelling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two teams who are kind of fighting over a playoff place in the NFC. And... Tampa Bay came out on top, 26 points to 14. I was meant to be having a look at this game. I did have a look at it, but I had a look at the other games maybe a wee bit more. Davin Cook rushed for 22 attempts, 102 yards in his touchdown. On the other side of the ball, Rojo rushed for 80 yards in a touchdown. Two good rushing performances from there. Tom Brady only completed 15 passes, but he got his two touchdowns, including that big uh, 48 yards touchdown to Scotty Miller. Um... I think just before that point, they were ma- they were making the, uh, the the point on red zone or the game coverage that Tom Brady's uh, numbers for passing over twenty yards aren't very good, and then he goes and throws a big forty eight yard touchdown just to shut everybody up. Exactly. Um, Kirk Cousins on the other side, I thought had a fairly decent game as well. The one touchdown passing the ball to to uh, to Dorf Smith. Um, the wide receivers for for Minnesota were kept fairly quiet in terms of Jefferson. And Thielen, 
but can we put that down to a kind of fairly good Tampa Bay defense? You know, uh, I think we expected Tampa Bay to be a good defense. I think they're they're the number they're certainly number one against the rush. I'm not quite sure how they rate against the pass, but I think they're a good defense. All in all, I thought it was a good game, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming out on top and possibly cementing their place in the playoff picture. Would you agree, gentlemen? Yeah, I think this I think was a game certainly. they needed to win the Vikings to to kind of get that wild card spot. It's still likely, you know, the Cardinals might slip up, but this was the one they kind of this was their statement win that they needed. I yeah. think, uh, aye, if the Vikings had won this week, they would obviously taken the same record as uh, as the Bucks and put themselves in a very good position. But losing that, uh, it means they're now two games back from from the Bucks, and I think they'll probably struggle to make up two games on them from now until the end of the season. Yeah, so looking at that playoff pitch in the NFC at the moment, uh, you've got the Bucks on eight and five, uh, who look like they're kind of uh, leading the way for the, the number six because it looks like either the Rams or Seahawks will get the number five seed. Uh, Bucks on eight and five, Cardinals on seven and six, and then you've got the Vikings and Bears on six and seven. So it's looking interesting going into into the the next few weeks, the next three weeks of the season, to see uh, how how those teams are going to go uh, into the playoff picture. I think the Bucks, in my opinion, are probably in, and it's a battle between the Cardinals and the Vikings for that last place. I know the Bears still mathematically can get in, but. We'll talk about them later. I don't think I think we've talked about them for quite a long time. Seeing the Bears, I don't think they're very good. I don't know what was um, going on this week in the NFL. The the kicking the kickers, their Gatorade must have been spiked all over the NFL this this week. Uh, Dan Bailey, just double checking, he was zero for three on field goals and he missed an extra point as well. That's ten points straight off the bat that they could have been to the good. And I know that wouldn't have won them the game. It still would have been. 26 24 to the Bucks, but if they make those field goals and if they, they feel like they're closer in the game, obviously we talk about momentum all the time. That that could have been a massive turning point. So I think this game massively gets put down to Dan Bailey missing those kicks. It's it just it can't happen in these kind of games. Yes, I totally agree with you. There one team we've just been talking about, though not in this game, was the Arizona Cardinals. And Kai was having a look at the Arizona Cardinals playing against the New York Giants, were you not? Kai's looking at me slightly scared there. Oh. Were you not? I just thought you were. Nonetheless, Arizona uh, Cardinals beat the New York... don't talk about it. Yeah? You don't want to talk about it, no? <laughs> I said we can all talk about it. <laughs> uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals beat the New York Giants 26 points to 7, which will make Kai happy because those Giants lost. I've noted down here just the Cardinals are now in charge of their own destiny. Technically, if they win their next three games, then they are in the playoffs. Yeah, they've got obviously two divisions. This is your game, Adam. Was it my game, was it? Oh, there you go. That shows you how much I was paying attention to this. (laughs) Again, you see, a lot of these games I've just made notes down because I I didn't think there was huge importance to them apart from the kind of playoff picture for this game. I was, uh, you know, obviously Arizona beat the team who were in front of them. We were fairly impressed with the way that the Giants beat the Seahawks and we thought, oh, maybe they'll do great. I think possibly, um, obviously Daniel Jones came back into this game Fairly rusty, you'd say, with only 11 completions for 127 yards. The running game didn't really get going at all. And Kenyon Drake, with uh, with his rushing touchdown for the Arizona Cardinals, kind of got their rushing game uh, going. DeAndre Hopkins, no surprises there, being the lead receiver for Kyler Murray. I've been impressed with Kyler Murray, kind of just low level. Like, he seems to do a bit of everything. Some games he has not great games, some games he has amazing games but I think a lot of the time he's fairly average and he's kind of 
getting this Cardinals team just to kind of sneak towards the playoffs. Uh, I know they'd been. I think in a... last year, the I know he won offensive uh, rookie of the year, but last year he looked like a college quarterback. This year he looks like an NFL quarterback. He's not making. It's it kind of shows. Obviously, we're talking about Daniel Jones as well. Daniel Jones is still making those rookie college style decisions, whereas that's that's the difference in levels between Kyler and, and Daniel Jones. Obviously, they were drafted in the same draft class, but. Kyler Murray just looks like a nice settled NFL quarterback and hopefully can kick on from that for the next few years because Hopkins had a quiet game, in my opinion. I don't think he actually did much. And that says it all for Hopkins. We speak about it with other players as well. Nine receptions for 136 yards. He was just making big plays up the field for them. But um, that was probably just another day at the office for, for Hopkins. Yeah, Kai, uh, I know you're talking that they've got uh, the Cardinals have got two divisional games to go of the three that are left. Do you think the Cardinals can get into the playoffs? I know they're obviously, in, I say, they, they have their, their own, they're in charge of their own destiny here. If they win them all, they get in. Uh, but do you yeah. think they will? Um, I know what one of the two games is against the Rams. Is, is the other one the Seahawks or is it the 49ers? I will have a look just now while you talk. I think, basically, like you say, they've obviously got their destiny in their own hands. I can't see them beating the Rams. I can't see anyone beating the Rams between now and the end of the season. I think the Rams are too good on both sides of the ball at just being able to control the game that um, they'll they'll wrap up the, the Cardinals probably. I, I don't want to say easily because the Cardinals are still a very good outfit and they've still got a lot of options on, on both sides of the ball, um, both rushing and receiving. Um, but I just feel like that Rams defence is so good right now and uh, they're making teams look very bang average. I just feel like the Cardinals might struggle. The Cardinals play the Eagles at State Farm, the 49ers at State Farm, and then the Rams on the last day at SoFi Stadium. So, yeah, so if it comes down I mean, to that, that last that, game... That last game is massive. Um, but I think the biggest one is probably um, against the 49ers. If they slip up in, that, in a game where the 49ers obviously will come on to them, don't really have a lot to play for at the moment. Um, I think if they slip up in that, they've, they've got no chance. Do you think that the Giants should have started Colt McCoy this week? No, I don't think so. I think I think you've got to, even if Daniel Jones, you know, coming back from whatever who's coming back, Kai's laughing away in the background there. Uh, but uh, but I think if you if you've got your starting quarterback coming back, even if he's only you know just fat or same if it was was quite was wrong with Daniel Jones, I think you've got to play him. Uh, I don't think any team wants to have the sentence. Would you, should you have started Colt McCoy <laughs> as, as as a sentence that is actually a, a valid point? I'm just point. not sure if this was one game too soon for Daniel Jones. Obviously, he was out injured, uh, and Colt McCoy looked okay in in the games and uh, snaps that he's played. But I think maybe if they'd stuck with Colt McCoy and and maybe ran the ball a lot more, there was only what combined 17 total rushing attempts from the Giants. I think. It could have played out differently, but um, yeah, credit to Arizona for winning this one. Yes, it was a, a good win from the team in the West Coast against a team from the East Coast. This is my link for the next game here. And Mikey was looking at this game. It wasn't me, actually, this time. It was actually you Mikey. Always, you always comment on your links as well. I that's know. I mean, funny. that's just got to be... that. That's my thing now. I've got to tell you I'm doing the link. Uh, but another it's West like Coast... It's explain a joke. <laughs> I have to explain my jokes because nobody gets them. But they, uh, <laughs> a team from the West going to a team from the East, Kansas City Chiefs, going to the Miami Dolphins, and the Kansas City won 33 points to 27. I've said here, Miami gave Kansas City a scare... 
or not really Mikey? Does it just look closer than it actually was? Nah, I, I thought this was a very entertaining game. The 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 Dolphins D came out and were all over Kansas City's offense at the start. Um, we said in the group chat, I can't remember off the top of my head. There was, I think there was a, I think it was a third and thirteen for the Chiefs, and Mahomes tried to scramble behind, tried to turn the corner and get sacked. And I think the next play was fourth and forty-one or something like that. That's how big the loss was on that. Um, probably the biggest regressing stat of Mahomes' career, and probably will be for the rest of his career. It was that big, but yeah. Um, full season, Mahomes has only thrown two interceptions, um, and this week, out of nowhere, he throws three. Um, it obviously keeps the the Dolphins streak alive. I think it's eighteen or nineteen games uh, in a row with uh, one takeaway, at least one takeaway, um, which is a phenomenal stat. Before I go on to the Chiefs, I, I, I kind of like this Dolphins team, although they lost this week in the playoffs. Uh, I think that if they get to the playoffs, that still obviously remains to be seen. They're going to go out. They, they weren't meant to be there. If they make the playoffs, they, they have no right in being there this season. That's not probably what they realistically were aiming for. If they get to the playoffs, they're going to play like they've got absolutely nothing to lose. And I don't think any team would want to play against that. Um, but Kelsey, again... 136 yards receiving and a touchdown on eight receptions. Um, currently, Kelsey's the number one uh, in receiving yards. And if he finishes number one this season, it will be the first time in history a tight end has had the receiving title, which is just absolute madness. Um, the Obviously, Tyreek Hill's on 1,158 as well. Kelsey's uh, just, just 100 over him. Really interesting game. They made, uh, The Dolphins made a game of it at late. Gusecki looks like he might be injured for them uh, going forward, which is a shame because um, he played really well. He has been playing really well the last couple of weeks. He seems to be the red zone target for Tua. Um, 65 yards and two touchdowns. But yeah, uh, Chiefs came out of this probably a little thinking, uh, thanking their stars a little bit that they've won this game because the Dolphins did make a game of it. But I think that's another wrinkle that the Chiefs have had to themselves this season. These are the kind of games that maybe in seasons gone they would have lost, but they stuck through it and they've done brilliantly to, to get the win. And obviously we'll get to it, but they've taken the number one seed in the AFC as it stands. Yeah, because the Miami Dolphins went up 10 points to nothing. And I think at that point we were thinking, oh, we've got a, we've got a game in our hands here. And then Kansas City had 30 unanswered points to almost just shut everyone up and just went, no, nope, we're going to win this game. Um, including the, the Michael Hardman uh, 67-yard punt return, which is always good to see a bit of special teams play. I like I like, it. I like a punt return or a kickoff return. And then uh, in that last quarter, uh, you saw that uh, the, the Dolphins started to come back, you know, uh, with, with some seven, 17 unanswered points of their of their own. One, one stat that's really popping out to me, just, I've just seen this for the first time. Clyde Edwards-Halea had 16 rushing attempts for 32 yards. Tyreek Hill had one rushing attempt for 32 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must have been a jet sweep or something, but he's only had one and he's reached the same as Edwards earlier. Um, I think people have had their questions about CEH this season. I know a lot of people, including yourself, Adam, drafted him in the first round. And I think you were right to do that at the time. But at the end of the day, as a rookie, and he's he's still going to be a massive weapon for that for that offensive unit going forward with the Chiefs. Um, just strike this down to maybe a learning curve here for him and, and see what happens the next couple. I'm very worried for his value that they might actually sign Bell. I think if Bell's happy there, you know, obviously Bell's there 
for the rest for the for the year. He signed a one year deal, hasn't he? And yeah, a lot of people thought he's going there to win a Super Bowl. But I think Andy Reid actually quite likes Bell, and I know that he didn't use him a huge amount in this game. But I think that that's worrying because they've got Edwards Alea, they've got Bell. Uh, even if he doesn't resign, they've got Williams coming back. Uh, that backfield's got a lot of people in it, and if Edwards Alaire isn't doing as he's meant to, which in the last few games he's played, he's not been amazing. You know, he, he was getting a lot of kind of nearly 100-yard rushing performances but not getting the touchdowns at the start of the season. But now he's kind of struggling with yards as well, and he's not been the most efficient. I'm slightly worried for him, in my opinion. I'm worried he might get lost in that Kansas City backfield ether. But... uh who who knows what's going to happen? I think I think on the other side of the ball in the rushing game, the Dolphins really missed Gaskin again. I missed Gaskin. <laughs> yes, Honestly. Kai Kai had him in his fantasy team, but uh, um, but I, th- I, I think, think that. Sorry, I was just going to say that 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 Dolphins performance is made even more impressive by the fact that going into that game they were already without Miles Gaskin, uh, Salvin Ahmed, Matt Breida. So their their first three running backs for a start, and then Preston Williams as well. So they're already without probably four of their their top uh, offensive weapons. And during the course of that game, they lost Devontae Parker, they lost Jakeem Grant, and they lost Mike Gesicki. So they finished the game with basically their top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, their top seven offensive targets not on the field, and they still managed to put up a fight against the Chiefs. Ah, so the, I think chief, if the you Chiefs are, aren't that good then? Is that what you're saying? No, the, the Chiefs are. Are rubbish. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I think I think there's a lot to be a lot to be hopeful about if you're a Dolphins fan or if you're part of that Dolphins franchise. Um, I know me and you were saying off air just before we started that obviously the Dolphins have the Texans pick in the next draft, and it looks like that may be quite a high pick. So coming out of this off season, getting a pick in that draft, there, there could be very very good things to come for this Dolphins team. Definitely, I think this is unexpected for them as well. They weren't expecting to do this well this season, and the fact they are, and they've got so many picks still to come, this could be yeah. a, a start of something fun, especially with the way the Bills are playing that uh, AFC East, losing the Patriots from the top of it, but getting these two teams, it could make it very interesting indeed. Kai, I promise you, you did look at the next game. 100%, okay. that was me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it wasn't just me trying to pass the buck. Um, this was an AFC South matchup. Uh, Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars, thirty-one points to ten. The Titans won. I'm just looking at the the, the game log here. There was no points scored in the last quarter. It was all in the first three quarters. Nah, There's nothing in the last quarter. I think, I think both teams had given up by then. Yeah, and you know who the had Jags scored a point? Uh, they they got they got ten in total. Sorry, that's a chuck that down to win for them. Ah, exactly. Um, there are several talking points, but I've just started it with. King Henry, and then I'll leave it to you, Kai. Yeah, um, Mikey's pretending to pr- place a crown on his head. Is that what he was doing? I um, thought he was doing a weird kind of dance. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, absolute monster of an afternoon. Uh, two hundred and fifteen yards, two touchdowns, twenty-six touches. Like quiet game for him, the, then, yeah. Oh, honestly, the guy is not human. Uh, I think now I, I saw something mad after that saying he's now the first player um, to have two 200-yard rushing games against two different teams. So both the Texans and the Jags have been subject to 200-plus rushing yard games from them twice. Uh, poor teams. Goodness poor me. Poor teams. Uh, turned into a very routine win for the Titans in the end. 
Uh, I think the Jags are destined for a top two pick now. Um, they're absolutely hopeless. Uh, and I think you know the sign of it being bad is when you're playing badly and your quarterback's not playing well. So you turn to Gardner Minshew. Mince shoe. Peace, man. Give us peace. You, why are you so high on the guy? It's love. And we'll get to another quarterback that I'm very high on later on in the podcast that Adam but definitely won't like. He's just... Uh, I just... I, think I don't, he's the best I don't rate him at all. I think the he's best the best of a bad bunch. He's better, the best. he's better than... Is it Jake Luton? Like, yeah. He's the best that they've got. I, I've got a stat here. I know this was Kai's game, but I've seen this and just had to write it down. Derek Henry obviously went for 215 yards and two touchdowns. That's his fourth career game with at least 200 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Only... Three players in history have had three games. You think you can name them? So three players have had three games of 200-plus yards and two rushing touchdowns, whereas Derrick Henry now has four. Dickerson? No. Uh, that, was, that was the one that came right. Uh, uh, Ladane Lane Tomlinson? Is one of them, yep. yeah. Uh, Emmett Smith? Nope. No. Um, AP? Not very good. Did AP do it? AP's a note. Well, I have no idea for the other two, to be honest. Are they, are they ones I should know? So, Barry Sanders. Oh, Barry Sanders, yes. And Jim Brown was the other one oh, way of, back in the day. Of the, of the, but the Browns. They're all retired, obviously, have been for years and had three games with 200 plus yards and two touchdowns. Derek Henry already has four and he ain't, he hasn't slowed down anything. Do you know soon. who's also got that statistic is uh, Antonio Gibson for me in Madden. So if Antonio Gibson <laughs> wants to do that in real life, that would be great for me. <laughs> um, How many games has he got? Like eight? Uh, he's, he's got 51 <laughs> rushing touchdowns in a season. So that's... <laughs> I, th- I, I mean, there's, there's not really much else to talk about um, in the game. James Robinson was relatively quiet. I say that like 67 yards. Um, but... With those 67 yards, he now becomes the highest scoring scrimmage yard player by an undrafted rookie since 1967. He has um, the most scrimmage yards they, for any. They really any have found a diamond in the rough there, haven't they? Really, like that. It, Madness. I, I don't know what it was. Again, I don't, I, I don't claim to be an expert. I don't know what, like, I, what drew them to him. Yeah, I don't claim to be an expert yeah, on college 30, football. 32 teams passed on him seven times over. Yeah. It's, including the Jags, it's crazy, really. And then, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a. I honestly think it's a one in a million kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's fair play to him. He's hopefully if they get a good quarterback, there, there is talent there. I've said in previous podcasts, there is talent there. He just needs maybe better coaching and definitely a better quarterback. And who knows what could happen? Did, with this team. did I hear that right? Mikey was saying that Minshew is not a good quarterback. That's good. That's not my I words, mean, but you can say that if you want. I mean, you've just said you they should... You won't be saying that when Minshew's lifting the Super Bowl this, yeah. uh, next year. You've not just said... Next year, that would have been some... <laughs> some effort. You've just said, year. Mikey, that the Jags need to find a good quarterback. So I think that in itself suggests, suggests that Minshew is not a good See, quarterback. Because it's, it's night time, I've, I've used all my brain cells for the day and now I'm just kind of splitting out stuff. Oh, no, this so is, this is, this is the dark like side of Mikey. He's oh, He also hates <laughs> Minshew, the dark side, but he doesn't like that out during the day. That's this. Yeah. Uh, the, just only other question, the only other question I have of you both is just on DJ Chark. Um, obviously, he had a relatively good season last year and he kind of started this season and had a couple of good games. 
do you think it's a case of him kind of flying under the radar and not really doing a hell of a lot because he's not that good? Or do you think it's a case of him struggling with the changing quarterback I think, situation? I think looking at the statistics here, Kai, suggests it's uh, more to do with the quarterback because he did have nine yeah. targets but only caught two balls. Now, I don't know how many of those were catchable balls, but normally <laughs> yeah. when it's stuff like that, it's been thrown at just because they want to throw it to him even if he's not able to catch it. Yeah, so, I uh, think, yeah, because when you look at I mean, like yeah. Keelan Cole, 12 targets, uh, LaVisca Chenault, 11 targets, and he's the next with nine. He's obviously one of the the main options there. It's just that he's he's potentially running the deeper route. And well, I think I think the, the Titans' defense isn't very good, but I think their best corner. If I was to put it on somebody, I would put it's it on DJ, DJ Chart. So that's yeah. probably why that's happened. And uh, I was I was about to compliment Minshew, but certainly Glennon is probably smart enough to aim for the people that aren't being marked, aren't being you know, tracked by the the, the good yeah, defensive yeah. players, but. Yeah, I think we've talked about that game long enough, to be honest, Kai. That, Aye, for a game that actually wasn't that exciting, we managed Aye, to turn that put, into a better conversation. That, that's put Tennessee uh, Tennessee Titans onto a 9-4 and four record, though, and we'll talk about another team in that division, 9-4, and four, later on in this episode. Instead, we're going to talk about two teams that aren't that good and don't really have much to talk about in terms of playoff picture, so I'm going to batter through it, and this one was my game. It was the Dallas Cowboys at the Cincinnati Bengals. Dallas won 30 points to 7, uh, a route you could say. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard rushing for similar rushing yards, 14 39 respectively. No rushing touchdowns, Andy Dalton did throw two touchdowns, one to Pollard and one to Amari Cooper. But the big talking points really would you say in this game was the fact that uh, the Bengals had three giveaways in the first 16 minutes of the game, which was poor and it was Giovanni Bernard and Kai, if you want to, you know, talk about this, you can because I know that Gio Bernard was was in your fantasy team this week. Uh, it was Giovanni Bernard's first ever fumble on his on a on a rushing attempt. I have not played the man once this year. He's been sitting there with Joe Mixon, obviously on IR. I was like, right, here we go. And then the one week I need to play him because Gaskin obviously goes on IR very late on. <laughs> he decides to fumble. Randomly, out of the blue, for the first time ever, and then does nothing else for the rest of the game because Lamaji or Lamaji Pirine decides Samaji, to Samaji Pirine, yes. Samaji. Samaji. Lamaji. Who the hell is Lamaji? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not, not impressed. Yeah, so the Bengals drop to 2 10 and 1 with that loss, and the, the Cowboys are 4 and 9. They're actually only two wins off of top of that division at 4 and 9, which is. Something I didn't think I was going to say. Uh, but but yeah, two teams who really aren't hugely relevant. And I don't mean that in a horrible way, but they're not. So let's not talk about it too much more. I would say AJ Green is the only thing I would comment on in this game. The fact that he did get six receptions from seven targets and a touchdown. So after last week, we saying that his career is over. Clearly listens to the podcast. Exactly. Uh, Kai said that. Yeah, so AJ, if you want to... Join the podcast for an episode. Uh, we can talk about your whole career. You can tell us where you want to go next, uh, and and, <laughs> and we how... could do it without Kai. Yeah, we could do it without. We could replace Kai with AJ Green. Uh, no offense, Kai, but I think maybe that... that's his. Uh, maybe that's his retirement plan that he's going to join the podcast instead. So we'll have to ship Kai off. Maybe I think that would bring in more numbers than you. I'm afraid, Kai. <laughs> I think no it would offense. bring in more numbers than any of us. <laughs> if we're being brutally honest, I, th- I think I'd change the name to the AJ Green Podcast, <laughs> and that would probably bring more folk in. Definitely. 
Uh, but yeah, AJ, if you're out there listening, which you definitely are, uh, then uh, then feel free to come <laughs> on whenever you want. Uh, but uh, I'll stop dissing your team now and move on to another game I was looking at, which was the the, the Houston Texans at the Chicago Bears. And the team that I think is pretty rubbish, the Chicago Bears, won 36 points to 7. Mitchell Trubisky doing Mitchell Trubisky-like things with his three touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, 24 completions, 267 yards, uh, passing the ball to Graham, Mooney and Robinson for touchdowns. The main talking point for the Bears side of the ball, I would say, was David Montgomery doing his big 80-yard touchdown at the start of the game which was a joy to behold for those who had David Montgomery in their dynasty team that might have helped them beat Kai this week. Uh, Kai's shaking his head again. To be fair... I actively tried to lose another game and almost won it. You did almost win, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was a good a good, uh, a good performance for Montgomery there, he, breaking 100 yards after he'd been struggling a little bit uh, this season. I think with all, he had a lot of opportunity and hadn't really been doing much with it, but he got a 100-yard game there. Very much helped by the 80-yard the gain from there. On the other <laughs> yeah. side of the ball, Deshaun Watson, uh, I mean, didn't throw an interception. His passer rate was over 121 completions, 200 yards. Uh, he's uh, The Houston Texans are struggling without their players. Uh, that's an obvious sentence to say. I mean, that, yeah. You know, but... but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great analysis from me, really. But you know, no David Johnson in the backfield there, and wide receiver position them losing. Uh, you, you know, we talked last week about you know Fuller and, and there's no uh, Cooks and and all this. And re- I'm just looking at the names. And I don't know who half of them are in the in the receiving game there. You know, it's a, a, a season to write off. And the only thing that would make this season better for the Texans is if they had the number one or their number their first round pick. To pick a player with, but instead they traded that away to the Dolphins, and yeah, it's not made a, it's not going to be fun. Uh, Watson looked a bit sore. The big, yeah, a big write off. Watson, I don't know. Were you guys seeing red zone at the time when uh, Watson got injured in his uh, kind of what happened delicate area? I looked at the replay. He didn't seem to understand how he got hit there, but he certainly was grasping it in a non uh, illegal way on the football field. As he as he was a bit sore, but uh, but yeah, again, I think a season to write off for the Texans. Uh, the Bears won this game, but I think they, uh, even though the Bears are now six and seven, same record as the Vikings, they were one game off getting in the playoffs. I don't think the Bears are going to get there. Do any of you disagree with me? <laughs> I think it's I'm hard to disagree. My breath. Yeah, I think we can all say. PHFL podcast <laughs> outlandish claim of the, the season, as I've been saying since we started the podcast. The Bears aren't actually that good, even though they went like five and two or something. I was like, they're not good, they're not good. And I think I think we can agree they're not going to get I mean, like there was only six points scored in the whole second half. Yeah, um, yeah, they kinda of went ahead early on and Thanks. just decided to keep that there. Uh yep. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about this game because in my opinion again, two teams that not really much happening for them. Even though the Bears can't technically get in, I don't think they will. <laughs> uh, Mikey, you were looking at, to be honest, another two teams here that really can't do anything. It was the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers, Mikey. Uh, the Broncos won 32 points to 27. And I look behind the curtain for everybody. Mike, uh, Mikey did say to us before this, I've really not written anything down for this game because there's not really 
it's not really got any relevance on the on the rest of the season. So the, let's listen to his in depth analysis. Game I had I had five points from my other two games. I've got three or four points. I literally don't have a point. The only thing I, I will say is that I thought Drew, Drew Lock played fantastic. I think this was a career day for him. Um, just checking the stat sheet here. He obviously went for 21-27 for 280 yards and four touchdowns uh, and a 149.5 passer rating. So didn't get much better than that, to be honest, from Drew Locke. Um, someone that kind of came out of nowhere um, was Fumagalli the, for the Broncos. Uh, four receptions for 53 yards. Um, it was just a, a, obviously not much going for both these teams, playoff aspirations, and they're not really anywhere near the kind of the draft picks either. They're just kind of the middle of the road teams, but uh, good performance from the Broncos as a whole. I, I thought the Panthers were going to win this game. They, we said at the start of the season, obviously, with uh, Christian McCaffrey being out and Mike Davis, obviously, has uh, had a massive uh, input to this offense. And we thought that when CMC came back, it would probably lead to even better things for Davis. But I feel that like Davis has faltered a wee bit over recent weeks. Um, I know he scored two touchdowns this week, but I'm not talking about this game uh, specifically. But um, they, it's clear that they're missing Christian McCaffrey, both in the passing game and the rushing game. Uh, but as I'm saying that, obviously, Mike Davis had 51 yards and two touchdowns. But um, it was just a not the best performances from the Panthers. And I thought the Broncos definitely deserved the win. Um, KJ Hamler as well, two two receptions for eighty six yards and two touchdowns. Efficient. Not a bad day for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, just just an overall good performance for the Broncos. I think they both teams will have a lot of positives to take from this season, even though they've not made the playoffs. Um, I think at the start of the season with CMC and the team, the Panthers might have been looking to make a playoff run, but obviously neither team's really in that position just now. But I think the Broncos can take a lot of positives from this game and from a lot of aspects of the season. Obviously, they had. Von Miller out for the full season. They had their quarterback struggles because because of COVID. So, um, just take this one uh, and learn a lot from it because it was a, a massive win for them. Uh, and as I said, thoroughly deserved. Yes, to be honest, I totally agree with you. Having watched some of the highlights myself, I think uh, the Broncos were the better team in this game. You said that both teams could take positives from this game, Mikey. But see, the next game you were looking at, could one of the teams take any positives from that? As the Seattle Seahawks beat the New York Jets forty points to three, of course the Jet the Jets are, are going to have the number one pick. So there's <laughs> well, always positives to come from losing in American sports. That's very true. You're always the optimist, aren't you? Yeah. Um, what have we, what have we not said about the Jets already? They're good. Because that would be a lie. <laughs> the one thing that they didn't do this week was fire off a quick score in the first quarter and we maybe had in the back of our mind, oh, are we in for a bit of a game here? They have been doing that of late, but nah, Seahawks were just, again, just on top of things. Never looked like they were going to lose this game. Probably the biggest talking point of it all was uh, Jamal Adams obviously playing against the team that drafted him. And with the sack on Sam Darnold, he is now the most sacks in a season by a DB in NFL history or, or since NFL began tracking individual statistics so 8.5 sacks on the year previous record was by Cardinals safety Adrian Wilson in 2005 he had eight sacks and obviously the season's not finished yet might be able to get into double figures but it's it's strange because Jamal Adams I don't think has had the best of seasons I don't think the Seahawks have got 
what they expected from him. No. Obviously, it's diff- difficult going into a new system and things like that. So, um, and I do think we'll see the return over the years with Jamal Adams. Um, the the whole uh, Seahawks D has not been good this season at all. So, um, credit to him for having the most sacks by a defensive back in NFL history. But yeah, the wins were never in doubt. Um, I was slightly nervous when I seen Metcalf injure his ankle on one of the first snaps of the game. Uh, and I actually, during red zone, went uh, downstairs to make myself a cup of tea and came back to see that he'd scored. So clearly, and hopefully, there'll be nothing um, nothing bad where, with injuries going forward because not just myself, he's going to be a big player for, for a lot of people in the fantasy playoffs. Yes, I think he, he definitely will be uh, a big player come the fantasy playoffs. Um, an interesting statistic for the, the Jets uh, I'm not sure, was it the first drive they got in this game? But certainly before this, they'd scored on their opening drive in six straight games before this game, which had, was the, the the longest streak in the NFL, which was... I would, ma- I would never have never have thought that. No, exactly. And looking at it here, they scored a field goal on their first drive again, so they've extended that record. So it's the longest record in the NFL. They score on their first drive. But as we've seen so often, they don't seem to score ever again. Like <laughs> they, they score on the first drive and then don't score for the rest of the game, which is not the most efficient way to play uh, in the NFL. I would say again, I'm not an expert at this, but I would suggest you need to do more than just score on your first drive. Um, the, the the question obviously just remains to be seen is what what are they going to do with that number one pick? Are they going to take Trevor Lawrence and move on from Sam Darnold, or are they going to? Because if they trade that number one pick, this isn't just any regular year of having a number one pick. This is Trevor Lawrence we're talking about, probably the best college prospect since Peyton Manning. And usually, a number one pick would take a lot of draft capital or players to get. But people know that they're getting a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. How much can you possibly give away in order to for it to be a fair trade, basically, or for both parties? Well, what I'm hearing is three first-round picks. See, I think more. I, including those three first-round picks, I think you still need to offer things like a fourth or a fifth or, at some point, or future draft picks. It's it's such a difficult situation but, but for the Jets because whoever, if it happens, is trading up that number one pick, people know what they're getting in Trevor Lawrence. To be honest, know, that's the issue. You, you get a good quarterback out of Trevor Lawrence, right? There is. There's no doubt in that a very, very good quarterback. But I feel like the Jets issue isn't at quarterback. Uh, yes. They, so you just think they'll be better off? A bit of a riot all over the field. And I actually so don't you're think... So you they stick with Arnold? I say... I, I'm not saying they do, but if they do stick with Arnold and get another three, potentially four first-round picks, and they stack up, like, and if, like I don't know a defensive line or defensive players or targets for Sam Darnold to hit. Like, they just need to change something, and I feel like of all the things they need to change, the quarterback's maybe not the biggest issue. But, I mean, obviously, when someone like Trevor Lawrence comes calling, it's kind of difficult to turn them down. Yeah, I think I think it's tough. I think, I think the Jets would like, the Jets fans certainly would like to get Lawrence. I think, you know, that kind of generational talent, they, they believe that he could tr- drag this team through. What would be very disappointing is if in three years' time they've got Lawrence and they've still a losing record because the rest of the team's so bad around them. 
the, the only question about that is perhaps if you get Lawrence, maybe free agents are more likely to want to come to you because they know that he's so good and they want to play with him. But if it was down to me, I, you know, in a quarterback's ranking show that we did, I ranked down fairly high. Uh, so I think he's a very good quarterback. I think you trade away the first pick, you get a whole load of draft picks in, and then you just build a team around Darnold that's actually capable. First, what you've got to do is get rid of Adam Gase and then do something. Yeah, it's it's so difficult though because as a Jets fan, if you go through an own sixteen season in order to get a number one pick and to get Trevor Lawrence, and then you trade him away, whatever you're getting back has to get you to the playoffs within the next two years. Like that's as, it's as simple as that. Or even in saying that, Trevor Lawrence has to get you to the playoffs in two years. This is just such a difficult situation for the Jets to be in because they could potentially go in an own sixteen season and still not really gain anything from it. Yeah. It's it's tricky, and you know what, we 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 don't get paid enough to make those decisions, but those guys who are the general managers <laughs> of those those NFL teams certainly do. So uh, yeah. hopefully they figure that out. We'll leave it to them. Exactly. Being. You know, if someone wants to hire me to do that job, I'll happily do it for that money. Uh, Can't tell me good. No, exactly. But I mean, to be fair, yeah. half the ones in the NFL don't appear to be very good. So. If, if, Can't if get I, much worse for the Jets either. Exactly. If O'Brien can do the general manager's job and the head coaching job at the Texans and then get fired and still get all that money, <laughs> then I'll happily do <laughs> We'll move on to the next game, Kai, uh, because we talked uh, in the, the last game you were talking about so long ago now. Look, me, me, and, uh, me and Mikey have taken over the middle bit of this podcast. But uh, so yeah, long right, ago now, more. you were talking about the AFC South matchup between Tennessee and Jacksonville. And now we're talking about another AFC South Team, the Indianapolis Colts and the Las Vegas Raiders. 44 points to 27, Indianapolis won this game. It leaves them with a 9-4 record as well as the Titans, which uh, makes that division quite tasty going forward. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, the game itself, despite the scoreline, wasn't the most exciting game in the world. Um, I almost find that a bit weird. I never find watching games involving the Colts are that exciting. How uh, dare you with my boy Johnny Taylor? They just but they, they always seem to play really well. They just win they they win easily, I, I find a lot of times. Um obviously they've had a couple of comeback games or they've uh, had to grind their grind it out towards the end of the game, but I don't really think the Raiders put up much of a fight this week. Um also people or I know certainly you two um are aware of my dislike for the Raiders in general. I don't find them a very <coughs> enjoyable team, but that's for another day. Um, obviously, the Colts kind of needed to win that to keep pace with the Titans at the top. Titans kind of stay top based on uh, their divisional record and their record in the conference. Um, Raiders have dropped two big games in the in the playoff hunt, obviously, against the Jets. Last week, they just scraped through, but the previous week against the Falcons. Falcons? Falcons? I think I've ever said it like, said it like that before in my life. Previous week against the Falcons um, was a game they really should have been winning, and they put up one of the worst performances from a team this season. Uh, and then, obviously, this week didn't really put up much of a fight against the Colts. I think the other kind of games, especially this one this week against a big rival in the conference, they need to be winning that kind of game if they want want to keep up their playoff aspirations, I think. Um, again, the Colts weren't that exciting, but they had two players with really, really good games. T.Y. Hilton's been very good again. 
Uh, he's in a rich vein of form. At uh, the, the only thing he's not very good at, Kai, is his dancing. That was horrendous. It was very bad. Like, generally horrific. You are so um, negative with people with T.Y. Hilton and Minshew and all that. I, I mean, I like I, Hilton as a player. I just don't like him as a dancer. <laughs> do do what you're good at, mate. Like, caught two touchdowns, got your team a win, quit the dancing. Quit the dancing. You know someone who can dance, though, yeah. and I'd love to see him dance, is Jonathan Taylor with his Jonathan career Taylor. day. Absolute biggest day of life. It was um, literally a career day in the NFL, yeah. Aye. Uh, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, it really was impressive. Yeah, it really was good. I'm glad I, I definitely finally listened to you, Adam. I know. I'm, I'm glad I definitely played him on both my fantasy teams this week, which I didn't. Oh, that's right. One of them I didn't. Uh, I still managed to beat you though. But but yeah, yeah it looks like <laughs> <laughs> it looks like uh, they might Love be listening. That. They might be listening to me as as you say, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Give him the ball, and he does good things, and he did do good things. And uh, yeah. made me happy. Yeah, not not really much else to say uh, on that game. Didn't think the Raiders were very yeah. good. Um, Nelson Aguilar, I think Mike has mentioned that a few times, was obviously that the, the Eagles potentially miss him a wee bit. Uh, he just seems to... He, he's very. I, I find him a very like, run-of-the-mill receiver, but he's good at what he does. He, I mean, five receptions, 100 yards, a touchdown. 36-yard uh, grab for the touchdown. But he was... Um, he was good. He was good. Yes, do you have bright anything? Bright spark in a poor Raiders offense. Uh, do you have anything you want to say, Mikey? No, he doesn't. He's just looking at me blankly now. Uh, no, it would appear not. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no. I, thought, I, thought, I thought you wanted to say something looking at you, but uh, but no. You... Nah, I just I think that the, the Raiders, the Raiders-Colts game this week and the Vikings-Bucks were... Uh, massive in terms of um wildcard spots uh playoff positioning um and the two stronger teams in the the bucks and the colts came out on top i thought maybe one of them would would make a statement win either the vikings uh, or the raiders but i mean the last three games obviously the raiders were horrific against the the falcons Scraped by the Jets, and and now this, I'm I'm starting to change my mind on them looking like a playoff team. Maybe maybe a year too early for them, but you never know. They're they're. Let me just double check here. They are what seven and six just now. Seven and six. Still finished with a ten and six record, but with the strength of the AFC just now, that might not even get you a, a place in the playoffs. Well, looking at that just now, talking about the playoff picture, you've got the Browns and the Colts currently nine and four, the Dolphins and Ravens eight and five, and the Raiders seven and six. So. Even if they do get two wins to put them, you know, nine and nine and seven to finish the season, I don't think that's enough. So as you say, they need to get to ten and six, and even then, I think it it's going to be tight. I think there's a lot, a lot of good teams yeah. in there. Yeah, massively. I, that's what I was. I was gonna. I was gonna wait until the our playoff predictor. But um, do you? What do you think is the strongest conference, the AFC or the NFC? That that's. I think a... it goes without saying that it's the. The NFC. To me, it's purely AFC. Just, purely just in the NFC East. No, I'm kind of uh, AFC. Right. Well, he's been We really do need AJ Green instead of him. I, <laughs> I think. I think the top of the NFC is maybe stronger than the top of the AFC, but then that kind of playoff picture area is stronger in the AFC. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm looking at it just now, like Chiefs, Titans. Bills, Steelers could all 
make deep Super Bowl challenger challenges. Whereas in the NFC, you're you're only really looking at potentially Packers, Rams, maybe Saints. I just right now, I think the FC is is the better conference this season. Well, I would put if I was to rank them all like the teams one through thirty two or something. I think I put the Chiefs at the top, but then I think the next few positions would include the Packers, Saints, Rams, and then I would go back to the AFC to fill in like in the rest of the top ten yeah. probably. So I think I prefer the right at the top of the NFC, and then and then but certainly the AFC kind of the the three seed through to about you know they're gonna seven eight nine. I think they're certainly a lot better than the way the NFC is playing. I mean the bottom of the AFC is a lot worse than the bottom of the NFC. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but yeah, that's the answer to that question. Kai, you were looking at another game involving the NFC East. Uh, the now uh, division-topping Washington football team who beat the San Francisco 49ers 23 points to 15. They have their defence to thank, don't they? Oh my, this was a good game. It wasn't um, high-scoring. Yeah, I was gonna say, it wasn't high-scoring, but it was a good game to watch. Washington had a good day on defence um, sorry just to come back to the fact that obviously Washington now top the division it doesn't feel right to say a, a team are topping a division at 6 and 7 no it doesn't I mean the only team to what, get in the playoffs with a, a less than 500 record was what the Seahawks and they were 7 and 9 yep this could be well, that's an, the last one I can remember yeah, this could be another another uh, less than 500 team getting in the playoffs I think I think there's a very good chance it will be um but I mean Washington on a Washington are on a very good run of form. Um, four wins on the bounce, really cementing their place at the top of that division, which is still pretty uncertain. Um, still a lot to happen. Divisional games to be played. You never know how that could end up. Um, my next point is just Chase Young is good. He is uh, very um, good. Yes, he did about everything. He just Mikey I mean, shakes his Ohio State jumper. Mikey, Mikey's talked about him a few times uh, over the last few weeks in terms of in terms of how good he is, and I think this this game really showed you um, just how good he can be. Like two tackles, a sack, um, a tackle for loss, a, a fumble recovery, took it for a touchdown. Like it just it was everywhere. Um, the the guy has a great great talent and he's a great great player for the Washington football team to have uh, for years to come. I think it says it all with Mike Tomlin on the sideline said to him, "I don't ever want to have to lose thirteen fourteen games to get a guy like you. Like that's if to get a guy like Chase Young, you need to have like a, a two and fourteen record basically if you want to get him. I I think he was yeah. the best player in the draft." by a, a country mile. The Bengals were obviously just in, in need of a, a quarterback. But as I said on Sunday to you two, the guy, I've said it twice now already, but I mean it with both of them, like Chase Young is a generational talent. He's a guy that can completely flip a franchise round. Defensive players are going to want to go and play with him as well, whether it's in the secondary or in the front line. Like it's People will want to play with Chase Young. People will not want to play against him. It's as simple as that. Let's compare another early round defensive end, Miles Garrett versus Chase Young. Who would you rather? Right now, Chase Young. I'm, I'm right now. Right now, Garrett. I, right now, I'm still going Miles Garrett. But for a for a generational time, if you give Chase Young the amount of time Miles Garrett's had, Chase Young. Yeah, if I, I had the chance so. to draft them both, at, like one or the other, at the same time, it would be Chase Young, hundred percent. No, that's nothing against Miles Garrett. He's potentially top three favorite for a defensive player of the year this year. But honestly, Chase Young is just 
scary good. It's it's he's a different level. Yeah, he, he certainly is. I totally agree. Looking at this Washington football team schedule going forward, just we were seeing if maybe they would be below five hundred or not. They are at, at home to the Seahawks, at home to the Panthers, and then at the Eagles at the end of the season. There's a possibly a couple of wins in there, and that would put them eight and eight, I mean, and they'd be five hundred. At six and seven, you if they get anything against the Seahawks, it's probably a surprise. If they lose the Seahawks, probably not unsurprising. But then those last two games of the season against the Panthers and against the Eagles, as much as it pains me to say it, they're on a very good run of form at the moment. Um, they could pick up two wins. They could get to eight and eight, like saying get to five hundred. And I don't think they would be. Um, I think I don't think you could discredit them for that. I think they would be worth it. Um, they've de- definitely shown it in the past few weeks. Now, do they have a chance yeah. of winning those games if Alex Smith is possibly not going to be playing? Because obviously Dwayne Haskins came in for the end of the game. That yeah. I mean, that's a big if. Um, I think Alex Smith brings so much experience to to that offense, and I think he's you've certainly seen it in the past few weeks. He totally steps the ship. He's very calm under pressure. Um, I just feel like maybe if things don't start going his way, Dwayne Haskins can get a wee bit erratic, and he maybe can't quite take the game by the scruff of the neck and and kind of control it the way the same way Alex Smith's very good at doing. That links um, in quite well with Nick Mullins talking about if it doesn't go your way, going a wee bit erratic. Yeah, I mean, the Forty ers have had a number of issues this year. Um, I would probably say at the top of the list has been injuries. They've just uh, been yeah. plagued every week. It's the top of the list at second in the list and at third in the list. I would say. Uh just injuries, injuries, injuries. I mean, uh, they lost. I mean, Raheem Mostert's questionable now. They lost. Um, Oh my gosh, what's his name? Debo Samuel. They lost Debo Samuel after maybe like the first five minutes or something, uh, which paved the way for Brandon Ayuk to have a, a pretty good, pretty good game. Ten receptions, 119 yards. He kind of um, thrived on the fact that he was the main receiver there. Uh, just as we were starting this podcast, um, it was announced that the 49ers have obviously opened up um, the practice window for. That tight end whose name I've just totally forgot again. What am George I doing here? Yes, him. How can I forget his name? Uh, they've just opened up his practice window, so obviously you can start practicing again, which is a big, big plus for them. But they've definitely struggled um, on both both sides of offense, um, and they've certainly struggled. I would say their next worst point has been obviously the quarterback scenario, which comes with the injuries. Obviously, Garoppolo being out. Um, we've obviously said before you've not hidden the fact that you don't think. Jimmy G's a very good quarterback, yeah. um, and I don't think Nick Mullins is very good either. But obviously, Nick Mullins, um, if you want to come on the show, feel free anytime. Uh, yeah, well, make it up Yeah, I think the this is the 49ers are a team who have nothing to worry about now from, from now to the end of the season. They can kind of coast it, get the results that they're going to get, and see nothing of it I think people can probably discredit probably credit their poor poor record to the fact that they've just been totally I almost every, every single player has been injured on both sides of yeah uh, it's impossible for Bosa's them to get any run of form going for them. One, one win in the last six and again of all people they beat the Rams they've um, beaten them twice this year so the Rams they, they seem to have the Rams number um I would say the on the other side of the ball, on the Washington side of the ball, the biggest miss was um, your your man Antonio. 
Tony Gibson, Tony Gibb. Uh, Washington just don't have a run game without him. Uh, I know JD McKissick went for 68 yards, but it's bad. Like it's just they they just seem to struggle uh, on the ground. And I think they'll probably be desperate to get him back. Yes. If, if Alex Smith is out, Ron Rivera is smart enough to know, as you said, Kai, that, that Dwayne Haskins can be quite erratic. You have Antonio Gibson there. You have JD McKissick there. You can run the ball a lot and hope that your your defence can, can handle things on that side um, against the Seahawks. It's... And then we, we spoke about it earlier today, Kai, as well. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, against San Francisco. Just checking he missed that game yet. So against Seattle is our next game, apologies. Um, and we spoke about it earlier today. Teddy McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins went to college together. They 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 work well together. That was probably one of the only bright spots from Dwayne Haskins' time uh, as a starter. So I'm not I, I'm not going to throw this off to loss because the Seahawks have had their their problems this year. I do think that'll be a very interesting game, but it's definitely one that, that Washington can win. What I've, what I've just noticed that I've obviously missed out so far, Washington didn't score a single offensive touchdown. No, no, no. That's why I <laughs> said their defence won them that game. Um, Obviously, they got a couple in defence and then the rest were, were just field goals. But yeah, I actually didn't notice that until we were sitting here just now. But I think they'll probably be glad to, to get that one over the line. Uh, and move on to the next couple of weeks. And they've got, obviously, quite a few big games to come. That Washington defence, I think, is hugely underrated. Now, again, behind the, the, the scenes, I have a, a Washington uh, Madden career mode, so I know them a little bit better than perhaps some, some others do. And the actual defensive players, I didn't quite realise quite how good and how many good defensive players have actually got uh, with that defensive line and their secondary is good. You know, I think, I think this is a good defence, and obviously with... You've got Montez Sweat and Chase Young on the edge, and I, I think I think for years to come, this could be quite a a, a dangerous defense in that in that division, and a division that's actually got some fairly decent defenses in the Eagles as well, not in the Cowboys, but in the Eagles as well. Uh, it's a it's a it's a, a good a good defense to go forward, and I say just a few more pieces maybe in that offense, or you know, a solid quarterback play to go alongside Antonio Gibson in the rushing and 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 sorry in the running game. That was hard for me to say. And uh, and McLaurin, you know, at wide receiver, I think this this football team's actually got quite a lot of potential, and I look forward to it. Um, Kai, you're an Eagles fan, right? You're in we the yeah, you're in the NFC East as well with this Washington football team that I think is quite good. But uh, the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles played a game this week against uh, the New Orleans Saints, and uh, Jalen Hurts started his first game, and uh, how did he do? Oh man, he did good. Uh, how, he did good. What number does Jalen Hurts wear in the back of his shirt? He wears number two. All right, that's how many minutes you have. On you go. <laughs> um, I actually don't have a lot written down for this game, and I know Mikey says this every week. Like, oh, I'm not going to say much. Like, I'm not saying I'm not going to say much. I just mean I don't have anything written down, so I'm doing all this off the cuff. Um, and the timer starts now. Jalen Hurts is a massive revelation to that offense. Like the the spark it brought, having him in the team, night and day, night and day. I'm not saying I I kind of feel bad for Carson Wentz because I've I've slagged him all season and I think he's deserved the slagging because, but it's not from a perspective of me not liking him. I think it's just because you know how good he could be and he's just not living up to it. Um, as I said to you before this, Adam, I think this was a a win win scenario for the Eagles. If we'd lost, 
nobody's really going to go, oh, God, we've lost again. You're playing against a team that were top of the NFC at the time with a rookie quarterback starting his first game. Um, but he come in and he had an absolutely great game. Uh, I think the O-line actually had a pretty good game as well, but I think part of that was maybe the fact that Jalen Hurts seems to be a lot better at sensing pressure and he can break out of the pocket. Um as opposed to Carson Wentz, who likes to just stand with the ball for about 10 minutes until somebody hits him. Yeah, that's what I had noticed with uh, Wentz recently, was he, he just didn't seem to let go of the ball when he should have. Yeah. Either run with it or just throw it towards a receiver, but purposely just don't throw it at him, like get it out of your hands. Um, Jalen Hurts seemed to be, his first reaction was, right, look for a pass within 10 seconds, nothing there, let's get out of here. Uh, and obviously that showed in the fact that he was the first rookie quarterback to rush for over 100 yards in his full debut since 1958. Do you know another uh, interesting rushing rushing fact in this game, Kai, which I'm going to ruin because you normally have facts and I destroy them, is that the Saints hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher at all yep. this season. And they gave up two. And they gave up two in this game with Miles Sanders, who was definitely uh, not on my bench in fantasy this week. With 30 points. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing I think that w- was a big was a big difference is that that Miles Sanders had a great game as well. Uh, Mike has put a timer up to the screen, so I'm purposely going to keep talking just to annoy him. I was generally going to finish in the next ten seconds, so I'm just going to keep talking. Um, yeah, Miles Sanders was great. Obviously helped by that big 82 yard rush where nobody seemed to be able to get near him. Um, on the Saints side of the ball, I thought they were absolutely dreadful in the first half. Um, yeah. To go in 17 nothing down against a team like the Eagles, who, let's be honest, haven't been that great, um, is pretty pretty poor. Tried to make a game of it in the second half, but it was all too little, too late. And I think um, they kind of pushed a wee bit too hard and, and let Eagles in the back door at one point. But it was an ideal win for you two Packers fans. Yes, I suppose Both we can... you wanted the Eagles to win, I, I, I so suppose... don't even talk about the I fact su- that you're annoyed that I'm talking about. We can thank him for that, can't we? Maybe. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm genuinely Frankly... muted, Kai. There, sorry. What was that? Sorry, <laughs> I muted you. Ah, right, okay. yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, but yes, we're uh, we're very thankful for Philadelphia beating New Orleans in that. Yes, I am happy. I wanted I backed the Saints, but I wanted the Eagles to win, obviously. And now the Saints have a very tough game coming up with the Chiefs. I don't know if it's this week or next. Excuse me, this week or next week. So, um, hopefully, another loss for the Saints because I I want them to kind of struggle uh, to the finish line, and hopefully, they won't be as much of a contender come playoff season. Yes. Well, Kai, thank you for your nice, concise Philadelphia Eagles chat. I promise that Mikey will have concise Green Bay chat in just a minute, but I will quickly touch on. The next game, which is the Atlanta Falcons at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers won 20 points to 17. I have noted down here that nobody wanted to win this game because they just kept giving the ball away towards the end of the game. <laughs> but yeah, 20 points to 17. Uh, this might have been the worst game of football I've ever seen Matt Ryan play. Uh, and I've, I, I saw that 28-3 Super Bowl that they managed to to lose the Falcons. Um, from the, he from... did good for the first two quarters in uh, the Super Bowl, though. So yeah. this one was just a four quarters thinker. Yeah, I, I know. I know that obviously there was no Julio Jones, which makes a big difference to that Falcons offense. But but really, there was some some of the throws just weren't even close to being 
going to who they should have been in the defenders was just reading them. So three interceptions for Ryan in this game, uh, which which wasn't great uh, for him. Uh, Perhaps a better quarterback was uh, was Russell Gage, who had a hundred percent completion rate, hundred percent completion rate for a touchdown, uh, which uh, my fantasy team, team appreciated uh, with Calvin Ridley uh, getting that touchdown. I think he's got as as Russell Gage not got hundred percent passer rating in his whole career. I think I think he's only passed a few times, but uh, I think possibly. I think it was the same with Mohamed Sanu as well. Like Mah- yeah. every pass he had was basically a touchdown. Yeah, that's just which is great. Austin Eckler back in the uh, the. A kind of good performance for him, I should say, for the Chargers. 79 yards on the ground, and he caught nine passes uh, for 67 yards as well, though there was no touchdown for him. Uh, still a good game. Keenan Allen, nine receptions and a touchdown. No surprises there, being the, the kind of main wide receiver for Justin Herbert, who quite likes passing to him. Uh, and eventually, uh, they got the, the, the field goal as time expired. To, to win 20 points to 17. But yeah, the number of interceptions in that last quarter, <laughs> they just, both, from both sides, you know, just with turnovers was, was... It was hot potato. Yeah, it was it was quite painful to watch at some points. I was just like, like somebody just <laughs> tried to win this game. And eventually, the Chargers did. Right, Mikey. And then we, we, we also, the, the special teams blip that the Chargers had on one of the drives just before halftime, just... It just kind of sums up the Chargers' season, in my opinion. It's been, it's just been an absolute down year considering the roster that they've got. Yes, definitely, and hopefully there'll be a high enough pick that they'll be able to improve that team a little bit, though, to move into to next year. I think the best improvement. Uh, I think you've said this for a while, Mikey. The best improvement would be a head coach because you don't rate Mister Lynn, do you? Not one bit. Yes. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, what 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 happens in the next few weeks and months ahead but one team who doesn't need to replace their head coach is the Green Bay Packers and another team who does need to replace their head coach because they've fired one recently is the Detroit Lions uh, and they were playing against each other and Mikey was having a look at this the Green Bay Packers winning 31 points to 24 which I'll be honest uh, I didn't quite realise it was as close as that when when I just checked the score there. Towards <laughs> the fourth quarter when I was watching, I was a little bit like, uh, hang on, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. This is uh, a bit too close for comfort considering that the Lions can make one or two big plays whenever they want. Um, but yeah, not as routine as uh, a lot of cheeseheads would have liked um, this week. But I don't really have much else to say apart from Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is, I think he's, especially after the Mahomes performance this week, I know they got the win, but... I think he's slow. I think it, it was definitely between the two of them for MVP, but I'm not sure if Rodgers maybe knows the head ever so slightly this week. Um, the Saints game for the Chiefs is going to be massive. The the Packers' big game of the final three is uh, against the Tennessee Titans, so there's big games still to be won on the board. But Rodgers had three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. He now leads the league with 41 total touchdowns. Um, it's his fifth career season with at least 40 touchdowns. No other quarterback in NFL history has even had four such seasons. So just shows the level that he's playing at. The, I can't remember that there's a famous quote uh, that goes something along the lines of the, the apology needs to be as loud as the disrespect. Um, I think I've got some tabloids here that just for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at the start of the season, will Packers regress in 2020? Minnesota Vikings picked to win the NFC North. 
is Mitch Trubisky close to dethroning Aaron Rodgers as the best QB in the NFC North? I'm not sure who posted <laughs> who that. Who wrote that? They need, American football. they need sack to have wrote that. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, yeah, the apology needs to be louder than the disrespect because I think with the George, I, I spoke to Kai about this, the, I'm not sure if we said it on a previous podcast, with, with the Packers bringing in Jordan Love and with the Eagles bringing in Jalen Hurts. It's, it wasn't that we are playing him, these guys right away. It, it was almost to kind of ignite what had kind of been a bit of a stagnant player. Uh, I know Rodgers last season had a good season but um, and got to the NFC Championship, but a lot of people were saying maybe he's on his way out. And it's just went the complete opposite ways. With Carson Wentz, it's completely went downhill. And now Jalen Hurts has replaced him for the time being. Whereas with Aaron Rodgers, he's having a career year, potentially going to win his third MVP. Um, Rodgers has more touchdowns than J.K. Scott has punts for the Packers this season. That is a good start. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has 39 touchdowns. J.K. Scott has 38 punts. That's that's impressive. I like and that. Besides my Aaron Rodgers chat, the, yeah, the, the Packers won. Uh, quiet day for Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams, 118 targets this season with zero drops. Um, just, again, having a, a career season. But yeah, just it seemed a bit close for comfort in the scoreline, but just happy to escape with a divisional win and an NFC North title. Do you know somebody, Kai, uh, who I I think the, the Lions fans will be glad he's gone, obviously, Matt Patricia, but since he's gone, I think, I hope you might agree with me with this, I think that offence has kind of been released. They've actually yeah. just been told, on you go, go and play. Stafford's been allowed to throw the ball. I know he only threw for one touchdown today, you know, and they had a couple of rushing scores, but I, I actually am quite enjoying watching this Lions offence, which I haven't said for a long time, even though there's no Goladay in it. And when there is Goladay in it, that's going to be really exciting, that offence, that Lions offence. Yeah, I think um, I think the change of head coach has probably kind of opened that up for them again. Uh, I think he was probably holding them back a wee bit at times. Um, probably picking the wrong plays or, or not quite putting the right personnel on the field at the right times. But I think um, I you would like to think if a new head coach comes in, they'll see obviously the change in the offense since he's gone and go, you know what? If I kind of let them have a wee bit of freedom, then maybe we'll we'll do a bit better here. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what comes. Yeah, interesting. I'm actually fairly worried to be honest because I think this Lions team is a good team. And yep. with the right head coach behind it, they could be a, a proper competitor in that in that NFC North. A very underrated offensive line as well. That's one thing that um, I don't think they get credit for. There's been a few games where they've really struggled, but on the whole, I think that, as we said, kind of with Washington as well, there's a lot of good pieces on both sides of the ball there for them to, to make a push at this division title um, over the next year, two, three years maybe. Yes, I think I, um, I they'll they'll obviously be looking for a new centre in the next few weeks because, um, as we obviously I mentioned to both of you before the start of the podcast, uh, their current current centre Frank Rag Ragno or Ragno, not quite sure how you say his name, uh, has fractured his throat. Uh, uh, not uh, quite sure how you do that. Well, I, I kind of <laughs> I've wondered what what kind of accident occurred that you've managed to th- fracture your throat, but. Um, apparently he's, he's been seeing specialists he can still breathe and his airway is fine uh, but apparently he's not allowed to well, talk that's always a plus is... to be able to breathe <laughs> that's, that's an important <laughs> um, thing he's, he's not allowed to talk which is quite a key thing for a centre to do uh, when you're on the field is obviously getting the, the timing for for snaps so yeah don't think he'll be back anytime soon well, maybe he might get pushed over to guard you never know <laughs> uh, let's move on to Sunday night football because uh 
Well, as the Deontay Johnson owner in both <laughs> fantasy leagues that we are in, he kept dropping the ball for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first quarter, and then he didn't play for a while because they just stopped putting him on the field. Uh, <laughs> and the, the Buffalo Bills won the game 26 points to 15. The Pittsburgh Steelers starting to capitulate after their loss last week. Another loss here. Get ready for three more, and we're talking about 16 those seasons, and they go 11-5. and five. There's my Adams outlandish claim of the week. Um, Josh Allen... Uh, I thought was was fairly impressive in this game, passing to Stefan Diggs, who was equally as impressive. I think we talked about this before, that the Bills and the Vikings both were uh, were very happy with that trade because the, the Bills getting Diggs and uh, the Vikings getting the pick to one pick Jefferson. Was, that's the one thing I was doing all my research on uh, that was mentioned. I mentioned before the podcast. I tried to kind of track down who got what in the trade to see because... It's very rare that both teams win a trade and both teams have won a trade. People have spoke about the Cardinals-Hopkins uh, trade. but So the Bills got Stefan Diggs in a 2027th round pick and they ended up drafting Dane Jackson, cornerback from uh, Pittsburgh. But where it got really, really tricky was what the Vikings got. So they got a, a 2020 first, fifth and sixth round picks and a 2021 fourth-round pick. So I tried to track down who they drafted in these three draft picks. Obviously, Justin Jefferson from LSU was the first one. But then it, this is where it got so confusing. They they traded their 2020 fifth-round pick to the Bears for a fourth-round pick next year. And then their sixth-round pick this year, they traded to the Ravens for a seventh-round pick that, uh, this year and a fifth-round pick in 2021. I mean, it's just I was trying to figure out because I wanted to see who else besides Justin Jefferson they ended up drafting. But it, it was just, it was too difficult. You've but hurt if my you're talking head. about Diggs for, yeah, <laughs> if you're talking about Diggs just for Jefferson, it's it's a like for like trade, basically. The Diggs is what, 1,167 yards? Jefferson's 1,078 yards. So, yeah, a great, great deal for both teams. And this is something that the Bills desperately needed. Yeah, what's your analysis of the game, Kai? Uh, just, just. Very simple, brief kind of thinking from afar, not going having to think too much in depth. Um, like the me. Bills, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Bills are good, uh, as we know and as we've said, and I think they're a lot better than people give them credit for. The Steelers aren't as good as the people give them credit for, and actually, they've been kind of opened up in the last two weeks by their frailties. Uh, and like you say, dropping the ball is not a good thing in a game of trying to catch the ball. No, it's not. And Big Ben threw a couple of interceptions here, perhaps yeah. uh, perhaps making me seem correct after I ranked him fairly low in my uh, quarterback rankings. See the, see the thing is as well, right? I think after this season, I don't think the Steelers will have another good season like that next year. No, I'm, I'm a, a bit worried. Teams yeah. are probably suss them out. And I think, especially if they've got Big Ben still under centre, I think they might struggle a wee bit. Um, I know there was obviously early hype about Chase Claypool, but he he just seems to have dropped off the radar a wee bit again. Yeah, I think I think a big part of this was the fact that they had a non-existent run game in this game. Yeah, James Conner rushed ten times for eighteen yards. That's similar efficiency to the way that Jordan Howard runs with the ball. Uh, it, it was not it was not a great rushing performance, and I think that was uh also wasn't wasn't I think great. With the- I think with the Steelers as well, I said this to Kai last night, that the Steelers, you don't even need to mention their, their defence. They are they have elite players all over that defence. But 
ever since Le'Veon Bell left and uh, Antonio Brown and Big Ben isn't elite as a quarterback anymore, still a very good quarterback, but not the way he used to be, obviously. As much as I I don't like Juju as a person, that's common knowledge with you guys, but he's a good player. Claypool's a good player. James Conner's a good player. They just have no elite offensive weapons. And I think that's, after 11 games, it's took them longer than probably most people would expect to kind of show that, but it's shown now that they just don't have a game changer on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's what they desperately need at the moment. Did I see it right? Was it Juju who was dancing on the Bills logo before the start of the game? Pre-game. Did you hear also what Josh Allen said before game? No. Got his team riled up and he says, let them do all the talking, let them do all the dancing, we'll go out there and play our game. And they, that's exactly what they did. They did exactly I think Juju should probably just retire and become a become a professional TikToker because that's what he's good at. Well, you see, Mikey, you're going to have to keep me updated on that because uh, I don't know or know what it is or have TikTok. So you just keep me updated on what Juju's <laughs> doing there. So <laughs> you can be a resident TikTok expert. That's uh, that's your. I mean, name. I don't have TikTok either. It's I think it's Kai that actually prefers TikTok out of out of the three of us. I wouldn't say prefers. It's not like a. I mean, Kai is slightly more youthful than the two of us, so maybe it's more his generation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still used to MSN Messenger, so. <laughs> or, or Bebo. There we go, that's how old I am. <laughs> Let's move on. I'll, I'll make you feel really old, Adam, and say that I never had Bebo. Oh, goodness me. Oh, right. Let's move on. Mike, let's move on. <laughs> Quickly, please. Monday Night Football. We just discussed this before we went live on air. We think this is probably game of the week. I think that's fair enough to say. I was the uh, best to last. Yeah, I was watching this last I night. I think it was the probably joint best game of the year with the, the Seahawks Cardinals game that happened uh, a couple of months back. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I think, I think that's this was one for the ages. Yeah. I know what I didn't like though was it finished on a safety. I don't like two point scores. That's the thing that ruined it for me. So it maybe doesn't get to be best game of the year because of a safety. Because uh, I, I don't maybe I, in your eyes. Uh, well, yeah, definitely in my eyes. I'm just weird. That's all. But yes, the the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns at First Energy Stadium on a Monday night. It was 47 points to 42, uh, which was a, a very high scoring game. I'm assuming that was beating the over if you were betting the the over under in that game uh a bit just ever so slightly however what was really interesting about this game was the number of rushing touchdowns that were scored madness in total nine rushing touchdowns in total nine in total yeah but i think i think at one point during the game they it was the first eight were rushing touchdowns i think was that right uh, yeah, I think you would be right. Actually, yeah. saying that, and uh, which before was, the Hollywood Brown. Yeah, which was a which was a which was a record, I think, I believe. Um, which it was the Rashad Higgins one that broke it. It was Chubb Jackson ah, yeah, yeah. Edwards, Chubb Jackson Edwards, Hunt Dobbins. And yeah, then... uh, but I mean, I think it shows you these are two run first teams, and clearly they were running first. Uh, 231 total rushing yards from the Ravens, 138 on the Cleveland Browns side. Uh, Baker Mayfield, though, did pass for 343 yards, two touchdowns and interception, continuing to perhaps make me look a bit silly after I was saying he's not that great, but we'll see what happens. He is going up in my rankings. That guy is playing lights out just now, and I'm loving it. I'm loving how composed he is. I love that he thought, oh, you know what, Lamar, you're scoring some rushing touchdowns, I'll score one too. The guy is is playing probably the best football he's ever played. And and he still can't get higher than a 90 passer rating. 
Yeah, still, still below ninety in the passer rating. <laughs> I must say, I must say, hate, hate is gonna hate for for you, Mikey. I'm sure you were clenching slightly when you saw Kareem Hunt score so many fantasy points as he did in this game, and nearly you nearly lost your fantasy matchup. I I will say this for the for the listeners. This week was humongous because it was me versus our good friend Sean Flynn, and last game of the regular season, the winner gets the number one seed. And I opened quite a bit of a gap. Um, and then it was basically, I had Mark Andrews and he had Kareem Hunt. And I think I was maybe 20 points ahead of him. So as long as Kareem Hunt didn't outscore him, that was by 20 points, I was like, surely. So I only watched the fourth quarter today. I knew I won the game, but I watched the fourth quarter today for the first time and seen that Kareem Hunt scored that touchdown with a minute and four left to play. Yep. And I was like, at the time, if I was watching that live, obviously I was quite late. At the time of watching that, uh, Sean probably would have been five points ahead of me. Yeah, he and was. And then in the final 60 seconds of the game, Mark Andrews caught three receptions in a row for however many yards and put me ahead, and I beat Sean by half a point. And if this was past the watershed, I would be able to share the message that Sean sent me. But since uh, it's not getting aired at that time, I better not repeat what Sean said to me. I'm, I'm just going to do... Woke up the next morning. I'm going to do like a wee rewind back to one of the earlier games we spoke about in the, in the Kansas City Chiefs and that all season Patrick Mahomes has thrown two interceptions the week that Mikey plays against him in fantasy he throws three <laughs> <laughs> I've been very like, lucky against teams I've played against this year for sure correct correct yes if he doesn't throw one this of those interceptions known, Sean wins this game will also be known as the the feces game, if I'm to, uh, <laughs> Poogie. <laughs> yes, can can one of you the, explain Lamar that? Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson pulled a Paul Pierce. Uh, Paul <laughs> Pierce apparently once for the Boston Celtics left the game to go and drop a deuce, play a little cable, <laughs> let's just say that. Excuse um, yeah. and it, I mean it just kinda happened out of nowhere. Everyone was like, Oh, Lamar Jackson at the game and you see him running back to the locker room and I think he I think everybody knows <laughs> what he needed. He tried to claim it was cramps. And um, I mean, if you want to keep saying that, that's fine. But I mean, they, I think Kai knows the exact stat. I think uh, McSorley came in and um, they got to maybe fourth in, how many was it, Kai? I, it was fourth and, and long, maybe double figures. Fourth and long. Um, and that's when Lamar came back. Lamar comes back in for a fourth down. And then I'm pretty sure he rushed like a good 30 odd yards on that. And that essentially won them the game, I think. Um, but then another point that there's so many talking points in this game that the such a I good game Hollywood Brown shouldn't be called Hollywood Brown I know he caught that touchdown pass but he was horrific well on the, the point of Hollywood Brown an already rush heavy offence is going to become even more rush heavy this weekend because COVID. Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin have just both been put on the Covid list Live so there is good news for Mark Andrews. Good news for Mark and Andrews. And Willie Sneed. <laughs> Someone pick if up Willie Sneed. Him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just a, a crazy game. One thing I really enjoyed about it as well was the, the Browns fans were going nuts. You would have thought that was a full stadium, the way that they were going. Every time they scored a touchdown, they were just like a, just passionate, passionate fans. Cleveland sports as a whole, obviously, they won their first uh, American sports title in, what, 55 years when the Cavs won the, the NBA title in 2016. Um, Stipe Miocic, UFC champion from Cleveland as well. Like they, they've had a a rough couple of years, couple of decades, maybe you'd even say that as Cleveland fans. So you can understand why they're so passionate about their sports. Yeah, definitely. Looking at the rushing game for Baltimore, which I'm 
fairly interested in because it was normally a three or four headed attack depending how many of them are, are active at the time. Dobbins took uh, the most attempts, 13 for 53 yards and a touchdown, but the Gus bus was rolling and he had seven attempts, 49 yards and two touchdowns. The Gus bus and the Wayne train. Ah, yeah. I'm uh, loving it. I'm it was, loving it. Yeah, and Lamar obviously rushed for two touchdowns. Well, <laughs> he rushed for 124 yards on nine <laughs> attempts, which is absolutely Just ridiculous. Crazy. It, it really, it really yeah, is. Some game. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Some game is exactly what that is. That I was watching that again behind the scenes big 60 inch television in my uh my my girlfriend's living room claire's living room in our, in our house and it was a joy to behold it really was it was like you're sat in a theater watching this fantastic uh, production <laughs> in front of you it was great and uh fair, fair play to the ravens that was a, a statement one as well because they needed that for the playoffs yes definitely uh, and looking at that playoff picture that's kind of put them level with the dolphins uh Just on the in five yeah one last thing as well i i think that the Browns should try and offload OBJ. They're playing so much better without them. It feels like Baker tries to force the ball to OBJ a lot and it's just not working. Uh, they've got some good young uh, pass catchers as uh, Peoples Drew and Higgins and obviously Peoples Jones. Yeah. Peoples, Jones. Peoples Jones. Two of the best uh, running backs in the league. Probably the best duo in the league. Baker, if he continues like this, can't see. I can see them being a playoff team for years to come. So OBJ doesn't really fit in at the moment and if they can get a lot for him because of his of his status and his uh, how big a name he is why not go for it do you know who could do with a player like Odell Beckham Jr it's the New York Giants oh that's right yeah, yeah. Could did prob- he not used to did he did he used did to play not? there oh. well, maybe they shouldn't have traded him there, yeah <laughs> yeah that was uh... <laughs> uh, you know who uh, uh, quick question just making it Packers related would you take him at the Packers no no OBJ on one side, no. Devontae Adams on the other. I, I I think I think we need a he's he's a wide receiver one, and I don't think I think he would take a lot away from. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would work well with him. Devontae Adams is is better than him. What we need is like a. I mean, I'm saying this because I've got a Packers season in Madden. We need like a Mike Williams wide receiver too. That's the kind of level that I would like to see on the other side of the field uh, to Devontae okay. Adams. Okay, question then: Would you say would you take someone like Cole Beasley? Yes, hundred percent. Yes, I, I think he's the best wide receiver. One, in the one of the best wide receiver twos in the league. I would happily yeah. take the Beasles. Yes, <laughs> the Beasel bus. The, the, no, just the Beasles. <laughs> just, just the Beasles. Just the Beasles. <laughs> or the Beasel bus. Yeah, you hop on board that Beasel bus with those luscious long locks. Yeah, like... <laughs> hey, watch it. Hey. Carried away. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're late yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the time of recording, it's currently half past nine. So yeah, yeah. Maybe a bit too long a day. Exactly. It certainly is. That's us talked about all the games we've done well there. Now we have to uh, talk about predictions. Is that right? I mean, we don't have to if you don't want to. The way you said that there, Jesus. Yeah, but we before really but before we talk about predictions, though, Mikey, normally you get us to pick our Super Bowl play teams that are happening. Are you wanting to do that this week, or are you wanting to? We can to absolutely. Because so, uh, normally we're quite good at this. Apart from one week, yeah. But that yeah. was that was two weeks ago now, so let's just leave that in the past. So yeah, week thirteen we had Chiefs versus Saints and the Chiefs win. Um this week there's been changes to the number one seeds in both divisions. Anyone want to start off in a division? Any takers? Since we're all NFC, will we go NFC? Yeah, we normally start NFC, don't we? Yep, so Packers are now the number one seed, so they get the the buy, the only buy this year. So 
we have the number seven Arizona Cardinals at the number two New Orleans Saints. Saints. I would take the Saints still. Yeah, I think Drew Drew Brees will be back by then, won't he? Cool. Doesn't really matter what I say then. Uh, number <laughs> six Buccaneers at the number three Rams. Buccaneers at the Rams. Rams. I would take the Rams, even though I do right. like the Bucks. I would take the Rams. Rams. Five Seahawks at four Washington. I know that I shouldn't be considering Washington here, but in my brain I am considering them, but I, I think I'd go with the Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks for me. So, we now have an interesting game. The number five Seahawks at the number one Packers. Oh, that's a tough game. I, I, this, is a, this was the same as last year in the divisional game the NFC Championship. I think just because just because they've had two weeks off, you know, to relax. It's at Lambeau. It'll be in the snow. I'm going to go with the Packers. Doesn't really matter what Kai says because Mikey said Packers too. <laughs> and then we have the number three Rams at the number two Saints. I'm taking the Rams because I think they're going to make the Super Bowl. And I would. Adam needs to take the Rams here because they said earlier they thinks they're a Super Bowl contender. So. Yeah, I would take the Rams here. So, NFC Championship, Rams at Packers. What a game that'll be. Yeah. I'm taking the Rams. I, I'm taking the Rams. I, I, I've yeah. tried for weeks to get the Rams in the, in the Super Bowl and you haven't let me. I, I'm, I'm still not, taking the Rams. I'm not even saying this in a, in, a, in a way of trying to get the Rams into the Super Bowl. I think they have such a good defence that I think the Packers' big thing is just scoring lots of points. They never seem to win games like by narrow margins in terms of like shutting the team out. I think the Rams' defence is too good. I think they stop them on offence and get to the Super Bowl. Do you know when the Packers struggle is when they come up against a good defensive line that bully them? And that's what they have. Well, that's exactly what the Rams have. Yeah. So you know that the Packers, the Rams, the Packers have had four NFC Championship games over the years, and none of them have been at Lambeau Field. So this number one seed, although the fans might not be there, could be absolutely massive for them if they get it. But in saying that, this game will be at Lambeau at time of writing and as our predictions. But yeah, I'm still going with the Rams. Yeah, I'd, I'd happy. I think it's a three-way agreement there with the Rams. Perfect. Finally. So we have the number one Chiefs in the AFC now. They they beat the Steelers to the number one seed. So we've got the number seven Dolphins at the number two Steelers. And you know what? I'm taking the Dolphins. As I said, I don't think they'll have. Any, I don't think they expected to be here. I, I don't mind the Steelers. I said to a few people that yet they still have Super Bowl aspirations, but the Dolphins are going to come in here knowing that they don't really. They shouldn't I, have been here this year, and they will. I'm going to pin this on Adam and say Steelers. Oh, you're a horrible man. Uh, I'm thinking, and I know that's unusual for me to do, but I'm thinking here, and the, <laughs> the the Dolphins obviously have a rookie QB against that tough Pittsburgh defense. And I think the Pittsburgh defense could really kind of close that Dolphins offense down. But at the same time, I think the Dolphins defense could close down the Pittsburgh offense. So it's really tricky for me, but I can't look past the Steelers here. I think the experience of Big Ben and the and the playoffs would come through there. I think Tua next year would win that game, but this year not so much. I go with the Steelers. Number six Colts at number three Bills. Oh, this is another good game. But I'm I, taking the Bills. I would take the Colts. <laughs> Does not of course matter. you would. And yeah, the well, number and the number five Browns 
a big, important game. I would love to see this in the playoffs. Five Browns at four Titans. Titans for me. Titans. I know we said a few weeks ago that the Browns obviously beat the Titans, but I think the Titans won that. Derek Henry, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb all in the same game. Get oh, the popcorn ready for that one. I was going to say, but after dark and you're saying nice things about, uh, about that there, Mikey. <laughs> that's, uh... So it would now be the number four Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Now, I said all along, didn't I, that the only team the Chiefs don't want to play is the Titans, because I think the Titans could beat the Chiefs. So I would pick the Titans in this matchup. Okay. I think I, I can understand your line of thought, but I'm going to take the, the Chiefs just because they've shown me no reason to not believe in them this season, apart from maybe a game against the Raiders that they, they got back on them in the division. So I'll take the Chiefs there. Fair enough. And then we have the number three Bills at the number two Steelers. I, that one. I think we would have a repeat of what just happened this week. I think the Buffalo Bills would win that game. I think Diggs and Allen will go off and I think the Bills will be in the AFC Championship. Would you have said that, guy? I said Bills. <laughs> Did you say it? Yeah. yeah. So, AFC Championship, Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think that would be incredible. Big arm versus big arm. Don't think, versus don't think you can look past the Chiefs in that game, though. Okay. Uh, Guy's clearly not paying attention, so I'll say the Chiefs, and then I, just... I would have got. I would have probably gone Chiefs if I'm being honest. It's hard to not. So we finally have the Super Bowl. I think will happen: the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Los Angeles Rams. And Patrick Mahomes' uh, experience in winning a Super Bowl before comes to the forefront, and the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. The Los Angeles Rams banish their demons from 2019, February 2019, and win their first Super Bowl of many under Sean McVay. All down to Kai. You've pinned it on me now, Adam. Yeah. Um, I think the... You're stalling. Rams. You're stalling. Oh, you went for the Rams. I, I think the Rams. Um, I think they've probably shown in the last couple of weeks that they, they have the ability to do it. Uh, and I think if you get Cooper Cup and you get Robert Woods working well, the defence will look after itself. Uh, and I think you saw this weekend that when Patrick Holmes was put under a little bit of pressure by a good defensive line, that he starts getting a little erratic. Well, Q, uh, Kansas City versus Los Angeles Rams and Jared Goff throwing four interceptions in the, the Super Bowl. That's my... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying Jared Goff becomes prime Mahomes, but who knows? Well, there we are. Finally, my Rams are in the my Rams, even though my Packers fans are in the Super Bowl. Yes, I think uh, I think that's a, a fair enough shout. To be fair, I think any team could win that, obviously. And so this week we went for the Rams. So we've jumped about between what Seahawks, Chiefs, Chiefs for several weeks. Was that right? And then, yeah. Um, in terms of winners, so Rams this week, and then it's been Chiefs, Seahawks, Chiefs, 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 Seahawks. Well, at least we're st- uh, staying consistent with a team from the West. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done to us for completing that. We've picked a new team this time. So, see, by the time we've done this, I think we'll have picked enough different teams that we will have been right at some point. At least one point. You would like to think, I should we put the Browns in next week just for the hell of it? Oh, no, they've got no chance. But a team that might win it. Uh, <laughs> Browns, <we> can... <laughs> Browns, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. 
gentlemen, this takes us to our two-minute warning where we get to uh, discuss uh, our predictions. Exactly, yeah. We've got a, a wee whistle there. Mikey's trying to do the, the, the whistle. That's my part of the podcast. <laughs> we talk about predictions. And again, I've not looked at what how I've done this week because I fear it maybe wasn't that good. So I let Mikey tell me how good or how bad I was. I did surprisingly well last week, didn't I? I think I might have. Let's just say after... I mean, Kai was leading it when we first started doing the podcast by a little bit and then Ab took the lead. But now, now it's it's all to play for. Are we doing this just to the end of the regular season or are we doing it all the way up to the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I think I think we could make that decision in the next couple of weeks depending on how far ahead somebody yeah, is. That's something <laughs> I need to think about. <laughs> I mean, I would have said to the end of the season beforehand, but now I'm thinking, nah, give me a chance at the Super Bowl. So yeah, let's run through the games. Yes, we'll run through these games. 16 games this week to predict. And the first one was Thursday Night Football. The Rams beating the Patriots. How did we do? Sweep for our Super Bowl champs. Well done to us. The Buccaneers beat the Vikings. I had the Vikings, so just want to shout out Dan Bailey for that one. Really appreciate you missing three field goals on the next point attempt. Yeah, well done. And you two had the Bucs. Yeah, well done to us. The, The Cardinals beating the Giants. Sweep for the cards. Well done to us. Did we all have a Kansas City sweep? Sweep for the Chiefs. Yes. Uh, the Tennessee Titans beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kai had the Jags. No, I'm only kidding. Sweep for all of them. <laughs> Kai looked with, with a frightened face. Kai had, Kai had that Minshew might play a few snaps. So he was like, no, I'm picking the Jags. I'm picking the Jags. <laughs> uh, Dallas, no, uh, Dallas Cowboys, the Cincinnati Bengals. Clean sweep for the Cowboys. Well done to us. The Chicago Bears, the, the Houston, uh, sorry, uh, beating the, the Houston Texans. Clean sweep for the, clean sweep for the Texans. Um, Bears, obviously, with a huge surprise victory there, I think. Yes, uh, certainly, I, I agree there. Uh, Denver beating uh, the Panthers. Another wrong sweep. We all had the Panthers. Bad from us. I assume we all have the Seahawks beating the Jets. We did. Yeah. Uh, what about the one week that Adam doesn't pick Indianapolis? Kai was a lone wolf on that one. Me and you had the the Raiders, Adam. So yeah. Kai wins that one. Yeah, teaches me teaches me right, doesn't it? I should really always back my Colts. But uh, watch the football team at San Francisco. I had the Forty Niners D over top in the Washington D, but I was wrong. Let's just say that. Yes. So me and Kai were correct. Is that what you wanted to say? You were. <laughs> no, I didn't want to say it, but uh, you made me say it. Yeah, yeah. you two were correct. I just like hearing you say that. That's all. <laughs> Uh, did anyone actually pick the Eagles to beat the Saints? Not even Kai. Goodness me. I said this. I know Adam, All of us picked the Saints. I know everyone will not believe me, but I did actually fancy possibly the Eagles would do it, but I wasn't confident enough to, to actually pick it in this election. The, the Chargers beat the Falcons. I had the Falcons. I don't. I mean, I said at the start of the season I was never picking them again, and then I, I picked them, and yeah, I had the Falcons. Yeah. Idiots. I'm an idiot. They're an idiot. Yeah, well, I uh, after the first couple of weeks, I don't think I've picked the Falcons again because they let me down. So I thought I'd learn from my mistakes. I said I'd never put them on a bet again, so now I'm saying I'll never put them on my predictions again. Right, okay. Uh, Mikey's outlandish claim, never picking the Falcons to ever win a game. Get ready for 0-16 <laughs> seasons <laughs> for the next five years. <laughs> uh, the Green Bay Packers beat the Detroit Lions. Clean sweep for the Packers. Well done to us. Did anyone think Buffalo was going to beat Pittsburgh? Me and Kai did. Yeah, I was an idiot. And uh, and the Baltimore Ravens beat the Cleveland Browns. 
I had the the Browns, but it was the I was going to make a Lamar Jackson uh, joke about why he went to the bathroom and the color of Cleveland. Anyway, yeah, you two had the Ravens. <laughs> So how does that leave the score for this week and how does it look uh, for the, the year to date? It leaves it very, very interesting with three weeks of the regular season, but we'll obviously need to discuss if we're doing the playoffs as well. So for the week, I had eight out of 16. 500. So 500, yeah, 500. Not good. Not what you want when you're all, when you're in the lead. Uh, Adam, you got 12 out of 16. Oh, goodness me. And Kai with 13 out of 16 for the week. Goodness me, well done, Kai. So, I think, now, I think that's the best. I think your 12 out of 16 is the best percentage so far. And then in the same week, I think, just, had, just had to top you. I, oh, Adam, yeah. I think I had a 12 out of 15 week once. But uh, um, yeah, Kai definitely with a phenomenal week. I think just looking, the only ones he got wrong. I um, didn't back my own team. <laughs> Didn't back your own team, you, and then you obviously had the Bears as well. Yeah. Um, the other one. Who else? Who else? Oh, I took the Panthers to beat the Broncos. You did so. Yeah, that's right. So it leads us with third place, Adam, on a hundred and nine out of a hundred and seventy-six. Is that including my five Kai bonus points? Second, that's worth your five bonus oh, points. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kai in second place with 110 out of 176. And for the last week ever, as I'm going to say, for the uh, same as uh, in the ESPN and the same in Sleeper, and just like in the predictions, I'm in first place, but only two points ahead on 112 out of 176. Ooh, so it goes 112, Kai in 110, Adam in 109. With an asterisk. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously, yes, just, it's going to be just, very uh, interesting. Just to back onto that claim, um, of Mikey saying obviously he's top of everything uh, just for people to be aware this weekend coming I play Mikey in the first round of the playoffs in our division um, and oh boy you will not hear the end of it next week if I beat him, I don't care if I get beat in the final yeah, if I can I'm, put uh, Mikey I'm out <laughs> I have uh, for anybody else that's uh, not aware I didn't join this league in the first season and Adam won the league and I've been in it two seasons and one back-to-back, and I'm obviously going for the three-peat this year. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm nervous, because uh, I've had the beating of Kai twice in the regular season, so he's due one, let's just say that. So, And then we've looked at the matchups, and there's a couple of tricky ones for both of us, so it'll be very interesting to see What will make what it even more interesting in- is the fact that um, Ronald Jones has officially been put on the, the injury list as well, so obviously you don't have yeah. him as an option. What... Uh... What, yeah. What's very disappointing for me is this is the first year I haven't made the playoffs in our, our redraft league. Did you finish in the league, Adam? Uh, I, <laughs> I may or may not have finished uh, just two games out of the playoffs. Dead uh, two games out of the playoffs. That's the important last. thing. Uh, Dead last is what we'll call it. Uh, After you colluded and put the first fixture against me to get the beating of me. I mean, I did beat you, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the important so, thing. It's all, it's all heating up, so any listeners, good luck in all your fantasy leagues is obviously this will most likely be the fantasy playoffs. So Yeah, some of you um, might have started the week just gone, but most of you will definitely be in it by this coming week. I did in, I did in the English League. We play over like a two-week period, the cum- a cumulative score for the two-week period, yeah. and then the final over the next uh, 16 and 17 as well. Ooh, but, um, a, f- a week 17 next- oh, final? No, thank you for me. I don't like no. week 17. We had that our first season, and uh, and that's, that's how, how Juju won me the, the, the league that year. Uh, and 
Todd Gurley and stuff on their offensive player of the year season was probably benched and things like that. It can be a tricky one. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't nice. Uh, but in the, the dynasty, I look forward to seeing Mikey in the final of our dynasty league because uh, I was just looking at the, the total points scored so far this season, Mikey, and you and me are miles ahead of every other team in that in that dynasty league. <laughs> we, we are I would love to get... Up. I'm in three fantasy it's leagues. It's set up for both of you to lose. Finals. Yeah, uh, that's true. I hope if, I, if I don't win one of my three fantasy leagues, I will be gutted. Absolutely yes. gutted. Yeah. I, I I would rather see if you're going to win one win the English one because then neither of us were in it, so actually it counts as nothing. <laughs> uh, is it yeah. is it Aham we can yeah. we can blame if if he, he does win the English one? It is so. Yeah. Yes. Aye, Aham, don't let him win it. If Aye. he didn't make the playoffs, but you can blame him anyway. All right. If I win it. Can can somebody just log in, whoever the commissioner of that league is, and just like change his team just before kick off on Sunday? That'd be. That's the thing. My team is my, even my bench is so good. Like I, I, there's nothing I can do no wrong. Can someone that'll just come back to bite me. Drop all these players, and then he has no. <laughs> I, had drop, I had to drop AJ Brown. That's how bad things are in my team. Oh, but goodness anyway, me. That's, if that's there's anyone else from that I, English I league listening, then you need to be drafting better if Mikey's able to drop AJ Brown. Goodness me! Right, as you say, I'm first... taking the Raiders tonight. The Raiders at home to the Chargers you have went for. What about yourself, Kai? Um, yeah, I think I've got to go Raiders. We bounce back one. I would like to go for the Raiders. Am I going to go for the Raiders? Yes, I'll go for the Raiders. <laughs> All of us have been very boring picking the Raiders tonight. And there's also this week, now that... Uh, we're getting into the end of December. There's some uh, Saturday football as well to look forward to, but we'll make our prediction for those before the games on Saturday. But uh, but yeah, for anyone who who doesn't already know, you know, don't don't forget get your fantasy lineup sorted not just for your Thursday night game, but for the couple on Saturday as well. And we'll uh, we'll come back uh, Christmas Eve. Kai was telling me that's going to be next Thursday when yes. the, the podcast is there. We might we might record it the day before. Out, guys. You never know, but. Uh, but yeah, a festive special. Uh, I might put yeah, some just before the Christmas Day game as well. Exactly, might put some tinsel around my neck. You never know. Uh, depending how I've done in the playoffs, I might need it to attach it to the light <laughs> above me here. But you never know. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's yeah, us done, yeah. isn't it? We'll uh, we'll we'll finish for this yeah. episode our our uh, PHFL podcast after dark special, uh, where hilarity oh, has ensued. And uh, and thank you for joining me, Kai. Thank you for joining me, Mikey. Pleasure. Thank you. Yes, and uh, we'll we'll see you all next week. Bye.